Welcome back to the Healthy Anger Toolbox. I'm Marty Wallner, and today I'm grateful and I'm honored to have as my guest writer and mindfulness trainer Sue Dillon, author of the book Heart to Heart. And today Sue and I are going to talk about some different in the heat of the moment, in the heat of an angry moment, things to do um, from her perspective in terms of empowering people to handle that dysregulation and that emotional buildup that may happen when you get into that angry moment. So welcome, Sue. I appreciate you joining me. And I have to say, in looking at your background, I was very intrigued. I saw you used to be a TV journalist, and now you're in the mind-body space, and even a Reiki coach, mindfulness trainer. You've written the book. I know you have another book coming up. So wow, it's an honor, and I'm grateful that you're able to join us today. Marty, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you. I'm honored to have this time with you. So in terms of understanding and really trying to bring us all to either remembering a time recently when we felt angry with someone or maybe to empower us for the future and next time we get into that angry moment, but certainly those, those opportunities and that emotion, frustration, disappointment can turn into anger and, and build up our stress and get us into a place where um, we're not thinking very clearly. We may say something or do something that we're interacting with another person or in a situation that maybe later on we think back and maybe wanted to have said or done something a little differently. But because of the angry thinking and where our brain goes with our angry brain, we get dysregulated. But we can be empower ourselves in the heat of that angry moment. And I know you and I were talking briefly about different things that people can actually do when they get swept up into that emotion and they feel themselves getting emotionally dysregulated. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things we can do. So part of what I teach, Marty, is mindful communication. And so what is that exactly? That is the number one way to communicate. It is the most powerful way to show up um, even with someone you might be mad at holding a grudge, you know, you're upset, they offended you, you can still have powerful dialogue with people who have upset you, who you're mad at. And the mindfulness comes in. It allows us when we start kind of sitting in silence and learning to hold the space of quietude, we show up more calm, more measured and where we have greater presence, right? And we start to see communication in this whole other way where, you know, like you said, communication, it's about connecting. It's not about talking, it's an exchange. And so even if I'm just listening to you with my heart, even if I'm mad at you, that is absolutely possible. And that learning to sit with our thoughts it trains us to show up in this way, to just arrive with presence, be all in for that other person and learn to listen and accept and receive even something that could potentially be offensive. We can do it in a calm and loving way. So that mindful communication, it sounds, it has an intention of understanding and acceptance rather than trying to um, reconcile emotions or trying to settle uh, situations or have uh, specific outcomes, just being in the moment with someone and being able to connect them uh, with them in a very mindful way. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when we're sitting in uh, meditation 
our heart rate drops, we become more calm. And all of this stuff happens physiologically for us. And the more we do that, the more calm we are just in general, right? The more when I arrive somewhere, I'm more present, I'm more alert, I'm more engaged, I'm more receptive. I'm, you know, I have heightened awareness around what's happening, who's being triggered, who's feeling left out, all of that happens. So you just have this greater, deeper awareness when you're connecting with people, when you start incorporating that into your daily routine. And I, as a, you know, communications expert, a former network TV journalist, I've incorporated my communications expertise. I was always spiritual. I grew up around meditation and yoga, and I've been doing that for a couple of decades. So after having had dealt with a lot of difficult people, I'll just say, or conflict, I wanted to learn a more powerful way. Like, okay, there's got to be a better way other than arguing, fighting, having conflict, yelling at each other. No one's getting their point across, right? Everyone's just walking away uh, pissed off, you know, pardon my French hair, but right. So we're just mad. No one's getting anywhere. Now I'm over here holding a grudge. You're over here holding a grudge, but nothing, those feelings, that emotional, you know, anger, resentment, that's all still there. And how do we come back to that in a powerful way and say, hey, you know what? And there are ways of doing that and just alleviating that conflict. So even starting with, hey, I am sorry, I, you know, I might've offended you last time, but I want you to know, I, I care about you and I would love to find a more powerful way for us to have an exchange, please forgive me. And a lot of times even saying sorry, even if you feel like you didn't do anything, you disarm people right? If you come in and say, Hey, I, it wasn't my intention to upset you. I hope I didn't upset you. Please forgive me. I love you. I care about you. I want us to be able to elevate the dialogue. Is that something you're open to? You will find people are so receptive to this way of communicating. And a real tool of connection by being able to offer that. And um, I'm hearing you really give the uh, stark differences between having that emotional dysregulation reaction when angry and having a calmer, more mindful, meditative kind of approach in terms of understanding clear thinking and situational awareness and relational integrity, and really uh, many times being able to feel closer to the person that you just had an exchange. If both are showing respect, if both are listening, perhaps showing compassion and tolerance, um, you can feel somewhat safer and closer at the end of even an angry exchange. And I'm hearing that tool of being able to offer some, some genuine reconciliation and certainly with an intention of really connecting and doing different things for that connection piece. Because again, when we hold grudges and we, and we have that emotional escalation and we end up you know, having that disconnecting feeling at the end, that could put us at an almost worse place than when we began. You know, the beauty of what you just said right now, Marty, I think it's so powerful is yes, even feeling closer, right? This is what people don't realize. You're mad at somebody, you're holding a grudge, you're estranged, you're not talking to them. The power of being able to forgive and show up after harboring that sort of resentment 
it does deepen the bond. It does show you what you're made of. It does teach us the power of love and connectivity. And that's really what we're all craving. You know, at the end of the day is we don't want conflict. We want to connect deeply and have these deeper, more meaningful, more loving exchanges with those around us. We just, uh, you know, there's this kind of disconnect. I think just, you know, it's not, it's a societal norm to kind of say, okay, you know, conflict is a bad thing or anger is a bad thing, but we can use it to our benefit. And to really understanding and expanding the understanding of this emotional, what starts out as emotional dysregulation can kind of be used as a tool for connection. If we actually bring in, bring in some other ways of connecting with people and being able, and I appreciate you mentioning mindful communication tools, being able to connect with them, even though we may be feeling a certain something, on the other end, we can maybe get the outcomes that we're looking for. So when we talk about mindful communication tools, Sue, I know you mentioned listening and certainly um, healthy, active listening with acceptance and understanding rather than necessarily listening to respond. I know many people will listen to, you know, forming their response. They might have some judgment and suggestion, but to really be in the moment with people and really allow them and offer to allow them to tell their story with acceptance and understanding. And so any other um, types of mindful communication tools that we can also bring in for that healthy connection when we're angry? Yes. So, you know, the key with listening, it's like you said, it's not about, okay, what are they saying? And, you know, let me, I'm formulating my response. The key is listening at length, right? When was the last time? So truly listening, I mean, showing up for an exchange, when you start understanding the power of showing up in this way, you just show up. I don't, Hey, you know what? I'm, you're going through something. I'm just here because I love you and I want to listen. And I, it's okay. You don't have to respond. You don't have to, there's no need for any fillers. You can just be there all in with your heart listening. And what happens, people are so unused to this, right? People are not used to us listening at length right? No one who, what friend have you gone out with? And this is all of us, right? I'm not pointing fingers here. We all do this. We go out and it's, Hey, let me just make this about you tonight. You're going through something. I want to, I'm just here as a friend. I want to listen. And you know what happens when we do this, we show them this other side of us and this other way of being, we're leading them by example, and then they want to listen to us. So I, you know, I know it's takes a little patience, a little work in the beginning, but trust me, people are going to want to listen to you when you listen to them at length. And that's that deeper connection. That's that being able to get to a deeper level and a safer level of connection in terms of that acceptance and that, that genuineness in terms of how they connect. Right. And, and I will add you know, you said another tool. So one of the other tools to go deeper with the listening is asking questions. Okay. So it's kind of right. We say, Hey, how are, how are you doing? How's it going? And Oh, I'm great. How are you? And then it's on to me, but you'll find because people are not used to this way of communicating. When you say to someone, when someone says, you know, you say, Hey, how are you doing? And they say, Oh, I'm fine. Well, why are you fine? What's, what's going on? Tell me more. 
share more. Why, why are you having a good day? Right. And people initially, most people will be stumped because they're not used to anyone caring enough to want to have you go deeper. Just tell me more, you know, or, Hey, I'm feeling kind of down. Well, why what's going on? Tell me more. Oh, well, this happened, that happened. And how did that make you feel? How, where are you at with that today? How are you doing? How are you processing this going deeper? And you will see how people light up, how initially they're kind of really taken back by this because they're not used to this way of communicating or someone asking these deeper questions. So that's a way to go even deeper and hone in on the listening and connecting and really getting to the heart of their matter. And you're really focusing now, Sue, on attunement to really be focused and attuned to where a person is, meeting them where they are, um, and really them having a person here understand and feel that you want to be in tuned, you know, by asking those deeper questions and by having, you know, maybe that, that deeper connection and that deeper curiosity or understanding, it attunes to how they're thinking, feeling, or believing in that moment, which again can be feeling a very safe feeling and also co-regulating. Um, if we're in the, in, the, in the middle of a heated moment, a heated exchange, just by being attuned and trying to understand one another can certainly de-escalate that emotion someone has to take the higher road, right? So it's kind of like, I hear people, I work with people who, you know, I want this conflict to end, but it's not possible. They just want to fight. They want to argue. Okay. But what are you doing, right? What are you doing to deescalate? Are you engaging the conflict? It's all energy. When someone screams at you, are you sitting back, taking a deep breath and receiving that? And then thinking of, the most powerful way to respond to that? Or are you reacting? Are you yelling back? Right? So it's an, it's an exchange and people say, okay, this person's really difficult. This person likes conflict. They like drama, but how are you helping, you know, de-escalate that? What are you doing? And it's, me or you, you know, as a student of this sort of um, philosophy, right? We know, okay, hey, there are powerful ways. And that's, this is so amazing what you're doing with your show, Marty, is having these exchanges around something that's been generally just thought to be uncomfortable, right? And I feel it's, I appreciate that. It's, it seems that, um, you know, when we try to empower people to look at anger and stress in these situations differently, um, it's the emotional thinking that comes that many times is the hindrance or the obstacle um, in that in the heat of that emotion, you know, it's tough to really understand situational awareness and impact of words and behaviors. And sometimes, you know, we're certainly making some great uh, healthy suggestions in terms of mindful communication. But as you probably remember, maybe when you were angry, it can be tough to be compassionate and tolerant and offer grace and some of these other things that are needed for that deeper connection. So sometimes um, it's, it's, it's about bringing a lot of these tools together, um, you know, and being able to use them individually, how each one of us, what we each know what we need when we get into um, that heat of that angry moment. And, you know, for me personally, it's breathing first 
You know, I need to get my brain and body calm. I then go to positive mantras, positive self-talk, and then I'll, you know, then bring in some of the tools that you're suggesting. But for me, I go so quickly because of some experiences, angry experiences uh, when I was a child and different things from my experiences that are stored inside of me, I can become emotionally dysregulated very quickly. So I initially take those, those initial body, mind-body regulation tools and then also bring in other tools. So it can be so helpful to have <laughs> numerous and various uh, types of healthy anger tools like this. Right. And, you know, and again, just circling back to that mindfulness aspect here, it's so transformative. It's so powerful and so life-changing because, you know, there's all these myths around meditation. It's not about turning your brain off. That is a myth. No one people say, I can't, I tried meditating. I can't do it. I can't get myself to stop thinking. You're not supposed to. What happens, you're supposed to learn to be with your thoughts. So when you go into that meditative state, you allow thoughts to come, you let them go. You let them come, you let them go. And the more you do this, the more you become an acceptance of things, even negative thoughts, right? So I'm at a place now with meditation after decades of doing this, where I just, I can't, I don't get upset in that way because I've spent so much time meditating, right? So I'm just measured when I arrive, I can be hurt. I can still have that, but yelling is just not, um, something that I would resort to. And, you know, it's a natural emotional trigger, right? We all do it. And, you know, something could scare me and I might scream or whatever, but that learning to kind of sit with negative stuff. So when somebody screams at you, you, you're more accepting of that. You know, it's like when you're sitting in that meditative state and those negative thoughts keep coming in, keep kind of prodding at you, but you learn that they come and you let them go. So in that same way, you just are able to be more receptive to what is going on with this person, right? You just receive it in this kind of other way. And that is truly the power of doing that, even if it's for three or four or five minutes a day. You know, I tell people just try it for three minutes, start with three minutes a day. And once you commit to that and do it for five or seven days, you'll start feeling and the difference. You'll feel that you are more dynamic. You're more productive. You're more relaxed. You're, you sleep better even with five minutes a day, right? The benefits are just so enormous. So just, if you can commit to something really small and start there, right? That's what I would advise people. And it does help you become more responsive in a loving from a place of compassion. You kind of tap into the different parts of you when you start engaging the world and come out of that meditative state, right? Cause you're, you become more feeling you're more in that just beingness. And that's a powerful tool itself. I'm hearing that you have trained your brain through meditation and mindfulness to be able to beforehand do some brain training and practice and some different, actually what you're doing is probably changing your brain habits, your actual thinking habits, so that when you get into the heat 
of an emotional or angry moment that your brain is in a much better and calmer place or more susceptible to be able to get back to that calmer place. Because again, we've, we've talked a lot on this show about brain habits and how do we break those brain habits and how do we get into new thinking patterns. And certainly mindfulness and meditation can be two tremendous tools, powerfully tremendous tools to be able to change some of those thinking patterns and the brain habits. And I so appreciate, Sue, you connecting that to if we do some of that work ahead of time, even in simple ways, three or five minutes of meditation, that when we get into that heat of that angry exchange, that it'll certainly be beneficial for us. It truly, it, it is. And as you know, Marty, I mean, they've done, you know, there's scientific evidence and data to prove this, right? I mean, brain scans of people who meditate versus those who don't. I mean, you literally, you know, you change the inside of your brain, right? And you start tapping into those different brain waves. So when we're, you know, we're in three states that everybody knows that waking, sleeping, dreaming state. And sleeping and dreaming are two different states of consciousness. People think it's the same, but they're not. So those are the waking, sleeping, dreaming are the states that we know, but there's those higher states that we can tap into. You know, it's like people want to, you know, get, go for certain things that, uh, you know, stimulants and things that get you high. You can, meditation is a way to have, tap in and get that triggered dopamine and all of that all natural high. Right. So when you start really doing it and feeling that you do feel great and you're like on this all natural high. And so it's kind of like you just you don't go there. Right. Because you're on this other wavelength and it's just so magical and powerful. And, um, you know, it it's life changing. So and empowering that we all can stand in our power and be able to self-advocate with these tools to be able to get ourselves into a better place when we get into those angry exchanges. Wow, Sue Dillon, a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much. So where can we find you, Sue? I know that you're very active and you have a second book coming out. So tell me about what the near future looks like for you. Yes, so I have a second book coming out. Um, I don't have a title yet for it, or I kind of do, but um, that's going to be more of a memoir. It's a body of essays, but a lot of, you know, it's on grief, love, loss. So um, some wisdom and insights and just some personal sharing there, overcoming some of that. I am, uh, you can find me at uh, Blossom You're Awesome, where I have some courses. I share inspirational content, links to my own Blossom You're Awesome podcast. And then Sue's Blues is our other um, platform where we welcome contributing writers. And that's the journalist in me sharing stories, op-eds, arts and culture, things like that. I'm on Instagram. I'm everywhere. I love talking about this stuff and I love your show and you're so awesome uh, for having me on here, Marty. Thank you, Sue. And hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. I would love that. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Healthy Anger Toolbox. I'm Marty Walner. Join me for more Healthy Anger Tools at HealthyAngerToolbox.com. Thank you.